Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Palmer, Palmer, closed down well by Charlton, retreated back, and Reeves in particular wins the ball back for Charlton, now picks it up again, Chipple oh, looking for oh. Jose, has made a decent oh. run, oh. Emmanuel, weak header, comes to Shara on the edge of the box, Shara, yeah. shoots, Shara scores! Oh, what a goal! Shara ahead! Poor header from Emmanuel, fell nicely to Michael Shara on the edge of the box, with his right foot through the legs of the Reverend defence, beats Rodak and Charlton have the lead. I'll tell you what, Nicky Jose, who gave the ball away in the initial uh, move, was one of the main three that came back to try and win it back. And they hunted in packs, as I said before the game, hunted in packs, won the ball back with uh, with some great defending, and then instantly Ben Reeves spotted who? Nicky Jose, after being involved in trying to get the, win the ball back, was a, one of the first ones to sprint forward. He took the attention away from Emmanuel, whose header can only find Michael Jairo. And he took him a little bit of time to get it under control, but once he did, he spanked that right foot right past Rodak, who stood no chance of keeping that out. He's weaker right first. Well, <laughs> is that weak? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. no, it's a hell of a strike. Moskowski, left footed delivery. Good one. Good one. one. Yes! Rebo! And Jordan, a 2 0 up here. Arebo timed his run to perfection. The ball in for Boskowski was spot on. Arebo with the header. Keeper had no chance. Chol, two goal advantage here at the Valley. Oh, Jake Forskowski with a lovely, sweet cross into the box. Just invited somebody to attack it. And Joe Arebo met the cross coming in absolutely perfectly about a yard outside the six yard box and guided it to the left hand side of Rodak, who had no chance keeping that out. It's ended up in the air by Baron and Chomp, just trying to clear their lines, but Robin have it on the edge of the box with Palmer. It's a good challenge from Reeves and then Force Casket. Oh. Chomp can have a break here as Arebo has oh, it. Sends a Jose a bit behind him, chips it forward towards Arebo again, gets it under control. Oh. Arebo approaching the penalty here. Arebo still goes to go. Yeah! What a finish! Come on! Arebo for the second of the afternoon, set clear by a Jose. He just juggled with his head and his legs. Onto his right foot and underneath the crossbar it goes in. Arebo is the second, Chomp with the third. Come on! Oh, that's just superb. Absolutely superb. It was a little skirmish on the edge of our own box with Reeves. We thought at one point we might get a free kick, but little interplay. Released the ball to the right hand side. First thought that uh, the ball to a Jose from Arebo was just had him back on his heels and the momentum had been lost but he looped it back towards Joe Rebo, kept his run going it took a little bit of a head control chest control brought it down to his feet and then slammed it 
off the crossbar and in for Charlton's third. What a lovely flowing breakaway and finish that was. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio as we look back at that superb uh, Easter Monday win over Rotherham United and ahead to Saturday's trip to the Mem to take on Bristol Rovers is Tom Willian. How are you doing, Tom? Very good. Yeah, yeah enjoying this. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's still drunk from celebrating it? <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Almost. And uh, joining the pair of us here in the studio at the Valley is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? Yeah, living the dream, mate. You, yeah, but we, you are, but you don't sound it. Sorry, I was I was uh, preoccupied. But yeah, no, uh, that's me <laughs> Twitter, not because of Tom. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, focused as ever yeah, yeah lo- loving it loving it yeah loving it. excellent stuff so on tonight's show as I said we will look back at that superb 3-1 win uh, over fellow playoff hopefuls at Rotherham United at the Valley on Monday Easter Monday we'll hear ex- our exclusive interview with Lee Bowyer uh, we're also going to hear from Joe Aribo uh, about that game then we will discuss the fact that Lee Lee Bowyer is going to be here until the end of the season in caretaker charge uh, of the addicts and the little takeover update we got from the club at the same time uh, then it'll be time to sort of look ahead to Saturday's game like I say the trip to, uh, to, to the clash with the gas as I like to call it uh, to take on the Bristol Rovers we're going to hear from Jack Vittles who writes for the Bristol Post to get the lowdown uh, on the Pirates and of course from Lee Bayer again get some injury updates that sort of stuff but first things first we just heard the highlights uh, of uh, the win over Rotherham I mean you two already spoke about it on the Love Sports show but now now this, this is the real stuff now let's hear it what did you make of that game Tom? We conceded didn't we? So, uh, <laughs> I'm no it was, uh, it was brilliant yeah I thought that's probably the toughest game we've had under Bowyer. Um, I wasn't at the Northampton game, but I've seen the highlights of that. Um, and was obviously here for his first game as well. But I thought Rotherham looked organised, um, started the game well and could obviously have been in front very early on. Um, but we still managed to break them down. And in the end, we go away with what looks like a ve- fairly comfortable victory. And after the game, I think one of the players said that no one in that top six is going to, or the rest of the top six now that we're in it, is going to enjoy playing against us. Mm. And, and they're absolutely right. We look just a completely different side we look back to the side that we saw at the very start of the season and if we can keep this up then I've got no no fear that we're not going to get in the playoffs now because we we just look brilliant again No, can you believe how much things have turned around in the space of a couple of weeks because it's only just over two, two weeks ago that we were we were playing that that, that, that goal to straw against, against Fleetwood here which turned out to be Carl Robinson's last game and the way we play now the way we look as a team it couldn't be any more different well, it's amazing what what happens when all eleven you put eleven of you put one hundred twenty percent into a game, doesn't it? Everything falls falls to you. The second balls come to you. Um, I don't think it was the most of uh, fluid of and you know emphatic of displays. But previous weeks we've said that we never changed. <clears throat> I think it was the home game against uh, uh, Shrewsbury where they they pressed us high and we didn't really know how to cope with it. We just tried playing that one way and we played a different way on. Tuesday, we uh, Monday lose track of days, and we were a bit more direct, but and, and it worked, and that, I think that's pleasing for me because it shows that we do have that other side of the game, which I think was missing in recent weeks. And, and it, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. I'm about to say this, but when I looked, <laughs> there was one point during the game when we were going forward uh, on, on on Monday, and I looked up, and one of the midfielders had the ball, and I look, I was looking at what's ahead of him, and there was two strikers ahead of him, and. For all of the the fact that in the four two three one the midfielders were supposed to join, it's, it's, it felt so different to see that there was two options up, up. You know, the midfielders weren't getting forward enough in the later stages of the uh, the four two three one because we were trying to pass the ball around. They were coming deep to get it. 
in the 4-4-2 when I think it must have been Fossil or someone running forward or it would have been someone else actually but running forward with the ball maybe Reeves there was two strikers for him to choose from and just those two options it, it seems so logical now that you see it happening being played out in front of you how much difference that is when we've got extra men up there who can assist assist the team and I think that's what we've been saying for, for quite a while it's not not that four-two-three-one was never the answer because when we started the season with that formation and when we had Holmes and Fossil on fire either side and we had Clark in the middle linking all that play and therefore forced Kaski getting forward and Kashi next to him with with that four-two-three-one it worked brilliantly and okay we didn't uh, you know batter many sides I mean Northampton was was one example where we did but on the whole we didn't and even that was two quite late goals that formation worked and we were getting players forward and there did look like there was options but. It just dropped off, and Carl's where Carl fell down wasn't his decision to play that formation. It was his inability to change it when that formation was no longer working. And and Lee's seen that that's not working. Come straight in, gone back to basics, tried something different, and now that's working. Now, if four four two stops working, there's no argument that says why why not change formation again, try something different. But mm. but as you say, at the moment, every player is just clicking, and Nace right, they're all putting their, their everything into every game, and they're all clicking in the positions they're playing and. When we go forward, we just look like we're going to score every single time. It's weird, because I was thinking again about this the other day with the difference between the two formations, the 4-2-3-1 and the 4-4-2. Now, as you said, at the start of the season, we were winning our home games. I think we won our first three or four, possibly, uh, in a row. But And, and when, when you're winning, when you're playing well, then it's easier for the midfielders to get forward, that free, to go and join that one and to be in and around the edge of the box. Now, when a team... As we saw, you know, not even that long into the season, we saw the likes of AFC Wimbledon who came to the Valley, and now they know, right, this is how Charlton play. We're going to come and be a bit defensive. They, you know, they've had a good start to the season. They sit behind the ball, make it more difficult for us. Means we're struggling to get forward, and therefore those three weren't going up to support the one because they were coming deeper to get hold of the ball, and we were struggling to pass it around them. Now with this four-four-two, just with that extra option, it gives the defence something else to think about. And you know, and we and we saw like in in the first goal on on Monday. Now it's a long ball forward. It's I think the BBC Sport website described it as a, a hopeful or a hopeless, even a wayward ball forward. It wasn't. It was going straight for a Jose. Mm-hmm. It was a superb ball from Reeves, but the defender just happened to get there first. But because there's a second striker there, the defender makes a mistake, and rather than just going to his teammate anyway, there was a second striker to pick it up. Now. Yeah, un- unlucky for Josh Emmanuel. It just turns out that second striker, his uh, his right foot as well as his left foot, is just made of pure meat, <laughs> and the power in that shot across the goalkeeper was a superb strike. Yeah, it was <clears throat> that note there. Right back was a bit of a unit, wasn't he? Jesus Christ! But um, yeah, I think, like you say about the you know the free, I think we were so easy to play against, which I think we said a number of times on the show. Um, teams were coming in, knew how we was going to play, and they knew we wouldn't change it. And I honestly think that Plymouth game. I reckon we won that first half because they didn't have they didn't have any inkling that we were going to play that system, and I think they set up to deal with the four two three one. And by the time that they got back into the game, which was the second half, it was already over. It was already two nil. So, and I think teams now are struggling to sort of see how they're going to cope because when you play so narrow, the only way they're going to get past is go past our fullbacks. But in every game they've been mm. been brilliant. But yeah, I mean when <clears throat> when you when you look up and you've got two options, like you say, it gives the centre-halves to something to think about because when you have one lone striker you've got two centre-halves looking after one whereas the Ajose, which I might give him a mention his movement since he's come back mm-hmm. has been he hasn't got a goal but his movement has been absolutely it's, brilliant I mean yeah Lee Bailey was talking about him in today's press day and we've only got a short clip so I don't think we cover that in, in, mm-hmm. in today's press day but he was really praising his work rate and how he's almost a different player and he certainly has been amazing I mean 
the, the club out of the video that couple of dummies he, he's done in, in the first the first couple of games under Bayer. But like I say, his movement, uh, you know, drag drag uh, defenders away from whoever's running with the ball. His flicks. I mean, his his uh, involvement in the build up to Aribo's second, Charlton's third goal uh, on uh, on Monday. He's, he's like a completely changed man now. Uh, we, we, we'll talk about that goal then. So I mentioned there, Zyro's finish was really impressive. Now he's starting to get a run, and now we're starting to see that little bit of form that we were promised when he started. Now he's got his fitness up to scratch, I guess. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, he's not one. He's back to full fitness. Two, he's not just being thrown in towards the end of games. And three, like you say, he's got someone playing alongside him. And I think we talked about the big man, little man, if you like, scenario at the start of the season with with McGuinness and a Jose. If a Jose was going to be here, and obviously that didn't work out. Um, but I think McGuinness, I mean, he proved it when he then came on against Northampton and got his goal late in that game as well. But that that combination works, and and you're both right. The work that a Jose does is is phenomenal, and I think that was the thing that perhaps let him down at the at the early part of his Charlton career because he did get a, a few goals, um, but it, it just looked like he didn't want to be here and his work rate wasn't there. But now he's not scoring goals, but he's putting so much work in that he's getting stand innovations every time he gets brought off. And the reason he's being brought off is because he's absolutely knackered because of how hard he's working. So he deserves that credit. But yeah, on Zyro as well, I mean, we, he was obviously going to come here and, and set it himself to try and play his way back into the World Cup squad. And he's doing no harm, is he? Because at the moment, again, he, he just looks brilliant. And that finish, I just said it to Naif before he came on air, that at the time I thought it was a decent finish. When you watch it back and realise just how hard he hit it, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. The keeper had absolutely no chance. Uh a good tweet in actually from Colin Hart says Ben Reeves was outstanding he was even out jumping their players in the air man of the match for me uh, and his mate Steve coming you Reds that's from, that's from Colin I mean we'll talk about Ben Reeves there and certainly involved in that first goal with the ball forward and he seemed to have had a bit of a breath of fresh air recently I mean me and, me and Tell were chatting the other day we were saying like we've seen good performances from him but mo- most of them previously this campaign had come on the road so not mm. as many people would have seen them but now we started to you know the last few weeks he's been, he's been excellent yeah well we all know a good player technically he's good but I've been impressed with his work rate again I've mm. said it before he, he's tracking back you know he's, he's putting his foot in he's winning his headers which is unbelievable but he did say in his press conference isn't he the size of his forehead he should win more but <laughs> yeah. um, no again he's I think I think everyone's bouncing off each other at the moment and and I think that's a good thing but yeah um, Ben Reeves we all know what he can do but I just think everyone's everyone. It seems, like I said on Monday, everyone seems to know their role to a T. Everyone seems to know exactly what they got to do, and then they're all pulling in the right direction. Mm. Uh, so one nil up at half time. I mean, Bowyer did admit it wasn't our best half under him, and and he, he said in my interview that we felt fortunate to go in one nil up. But the second half, you know, we knew Rotherham were going to come out, and they had sort of a half chance, whereas a little touch towards Amos, but Charlton. Uh, on the counter attack in particular looked look particularly impressive and when that, that, that second goal came I and mean, it came from a great run again from Ben Reeves who won the free kick on the left hand side and simple as you like I mean Aribo arriving late at the far post he, he admits it himself it went in off his shoulder but they all count don't they and you know st- starting to edge ahead and you're thinking right here we go now we're sending a message you know to a playoff rival you know not in the best of form I think they'd only won one in five before they came to us but apparently they'd played really well against, uh, against Peterborough on the Friday and we were, you know, sitting about in that second half, and we we looked very good. Yeah, and as you say, even though their their form hasn't been brilliant, the way they've been playing has been good. And and I thought they started the game well as well. But uh, it was a yeah, okay, it came off his shoulder, but his movement for that goal was brilliant, and he was completely unmarked. And you know, half of that I'll put that down to their poor defending, but at the other half I'll give credit to Joe Aribo because you know you've got to be able to take advantage of that space, and he did that. And as you say, to put that bit of daylight 
between teams. I mean, that's even when we were winning games under Carl, it, we weren't necessarily getting that much daylight in games and we weren't in a position where we felt comfortable. You think even games towards the end of his career where we won, like the MK Dons game, we get two goals up and then a minute later we find ourselves at 2-1 and we were clinging on at the end, it felt like. So, yeah, it's uh, it was just made everyone feel a bit more comfortable and obviously we're winning games so the, the atmosphere's up. I thought the crowd were brilliant and that just feel-good factor, it kind of the circle just keeps going round and if we can keep feeding off that for the next five or six games, we're, we're going to be in decent shape, hopefully come the playoffs. Now that third goal... Oh, I could watch that all day. Counter-attacking football uh, at its finest. Now, obviously, Rotherham had possession on the edge of our box, but I think it was one ball out, possibly from Forster Casca. I'm not sure it was, but then you got a rebound and a Jose with a one-two. Now, the, the the execution of a Jose's pass back wasn't perfect. He put it into the right area. I think he would have preferred it to have gone a little bit flatter. So he gave um, gave Aribo a lot to do, but I mean, I think I thought Deli Ali scored a pretty good goal the day before, where he just brought it down one touch and put it straight in. Aribo had a lot more work to do there, but then sort of ended it with almost exactly the same finish. I mean, that was a superb strike. Yeah, and I think it was a Jose won the ball back deep in our own half to to start mm. that attack as well. But yeah, the ball won't you know was on a plate for him, but it just shows that to to have the composure because it wasn't like. It, it was in seconds. It seemed like Arebo had the ball for ages, and he mm. just he was hunting down on goal, hunting down on goal, and he had the pace to get through. And like I said, he had the composure to finish. Which, let's, I mean, let's be honest: how many times have we have we seen our players go in those one on ones and just miss them? Mm. So it shows. But yeah, it came it come off. Did it come off the bar a little? Yeah, bit, yeah, it? definitely went in off the but bar as well. Yeah. Again, great finish, and I think Joe's flourishing a lot at the moment um, because I think he's playing in a more advanced position. Yeah. I think he's wasted sitting deep. Yeah, it's do. interesting to see um, now that Cashew's back in contention for for Saturday. Whether it be you know back in the team, I think he'd struggle, wouldn't he? Well, uh, in fact, Crossy said I'm quite confident for this Saturday. The Gas have a few players missing through injuries and suspensions. However, they're a strong side at home. But he's, he wanted to add as well the special mention for Ben Reeves on Monday as well. He said he was frightening, uh, which is good to see. Uh, Charlton Anorak said he enjoyed the bonus show, but it's great to have the live show back. Uh, plus, season tickets are on sale on April the 12th, and we'll talk about that in a little while because uh, that is sort of the the update. So we, we had our three guys. I mean, Rotherham did pull one back. Uh, Richard Wood. Of course, he's played for us. Yeah. Uh, is, is, is Michael Smith had the original header. Now, I had the perfect angle to see. I mean, Amos made an unbelievable save to keep out Smith's header. But it just so happens, unlucky for him, that Wood was right on target to, to touch it home. But we never felt nervous, never felt um, that they were going to come back. Well, no, fingers shaking your head a little <laughs> oh, bit. Oh, I don't know. I was chatting too much, didn't you? Yeah, I still, I still felt a bit, a little bit nervous. But I think, you know, two goals. I just, I didn't think we'd lose a game. I, I just thought at 3-1, if they got another one, yeah, I, I think I, I feel like Oxford all over again. But we said on Monday, didn't we? It was nice to actually see us attack them and not actually sit back. Mm. Even though it was a bit art and mouth sometimes, I just think the best form of defence is attacking it sometimes, yeah. and I think we've done that. And then obviously that win puts us back in the playoff position now. I mean, psychologically, I think there was at least one game that got called off, of course, on Monday. So there's a couple of teams that just had to sit back and watch us overtake them. But psychologically, now we're the team that's going to be chased or. You know, Bo is still talking about looking up the table, see if we can get further up. But the you know the teams outside the playoffs are thinking, right, we've got to catch Charlton now. So psychologically, what does that do for us, and, and what does it do for them? Yeah, it's huge. I think we've said for a while that even though we were outside the playoffs, destiny is in our own hands. And then we've got all the teams around us to play, and we had the games in hand. And it, if I mean, like I go back to what Bo said at the start it, about winning every game. If we were, we were going to finish in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, we've done so far. We've done exactly what he's asked. We've won three out of three. We've got ourselves back in the playoffs. 
um, we've beaten two teams that are already around us with a few a few more to come up so like I can't remember which player it was that said it but like they said everyone should fear us now because we're the side in form and we've kept looking at, at games you know when we came in to the Plymouth game we were saying they're the team in form we're a bit nervous if there are shows you know that other clubs are doing or whatever those players are going to be looking and going right Charlton are the informed team now and we've got to play them mm. and so it goes back to what we said at the very start of the season we, we're we back in a position now where we can impose our game on other teams and we can be the the big, the bigger team, if you like, and and show them, you know, be in control of the match. And if we can continue to do that, then, as I say, I, I'm not worried. Which is such a such a distance to come from what three weeks ago when I was writing off our playoff yeah. hopes. And you always want to be the team that's hitting form just as the playoffs start, don't you? So uh, hopefully that will be the case. Right, Lee Boyer came in to speak to Terry after the game on Monday. Uh, let's have a listen to it. John Boyer, Lee Boyer in the studio after another emphatic win, Lee, and uh, it's uh, it's getting a habit. This, yeah, it's a good habit. I've said that to the players today, yesterday. Don't don't be afraid of winning, and keep winning, because when you make it a habit, it's a good habit to get into. Um, and again, they they took on board and what what the information that we've we've all been passing on to them, and uh, their work rate again was was unreal, and their togetherness and their not to get bullied because. Uh, Rotherham can easily bully you know like they're, they're a physical side and they're, they're quite direct and they, they fight for second balls but we, we all was all men today and, and stood up and was counted I think that's the the key thing about uh, the, the last three games really they've all been different battles and today was was a real physical one even when we were 2-0 up and then 3-0 up they, they were still there were still battles to be won yeah yeah well, you couldn't switch off like they scored from a long throw I think at the end which is disappointing we'd have like the clean sheet you know but but yeah, no, the lads are the togetherness they're showing, and because we know what they can do in possession. So the other side of the game, the, the dirty side, if you like, that competing and, and and fighting for each ball, and that that that's the, the thing that I've tried to introduce to them and, and, and drum into them that that that's should come first and foremost, and and they're all doing it. Like you, you got Nicky and Jose running back into his own half halfway into his own half to win a tackle to then sprint up the other end to then challenge for the ball that the defender then nods it down into Michael's path and then he finishes most people probably wouldn't even see that you know and, and to associate Nicky or Jose of doing that they'd have laughed at you even if they said that yeah that's what he'd done today but that's what he's been doing the last three games since he's been playing his work rate has been unreal and he's so clever he makes runs that create goals. Like his 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 movement off the ball is is, is exceptional. Well, not to big ourselves up, but uh, we mentioned it on commentary with that uh, for the opening goal for a start. But not just that. There was there was a time in, as well in the second half, in, in the first half rather, when uh, um, there was just a little bit of misplaced pass on the edge of the Rotherham box. They broke quickly, and actually Nicky, it was Nicky Ajoso who was pretty much on the centre half position. Yeah. Um, now the ball didn't come now but it just shows the level of commitment Ben Reeves as well every yeah. blade of grass yeah, uh, yeah. Forster Cascade they're all doing the same aren't they yeah no, their togetherness and is unreal and like I said to you the other week that, that that's what I've demanded from them and they know if they don't do it then they don't play it's as simple as that and you've got people sitting on the bench and, and back in the dressing rooms that, that want to play so but their togetherness is is it's just enjoyable for me to see it, you know, and and every day in training that they're just a different animal now, and and, and it's so exciting 
because I know what they, they're capable of doing. No, you can't stand me now. 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 It's going to be taken by Jada Silva and now forced to Kaski. Looking to whip the ball in, and he does. And it's a really dangerous ball all the oh, way across. And it's in. Come on. And it's super Come Josh on. McGuinness, who has put on two goals in front. They've been looking for that second goal. They haven't really had many chances, apart from the Aribo strike early in the second half. But Charlton have doubled their lead. So welcome back. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. We just heard there from... Uh, from the, the Addicts manager, Lee Bowyer. We'll hear from him a bit more uh, in, in a few minutes because we're going to talk about the fact that he's been uh, uh, extended. But now I want to talk about Joe Rebo because we're going to hear from him again uh, in, in a few seconds. Now, Rebo, like we say, he got those two goals on uh, on Easter Monday. He's uh, taken up to six for the season, all of which have come here at the Valley, ironically. Um, but, I mean, in, in terms of the fact that you know he, he had to wait his turn this year because obviously in that 4-2-3-1 we had the, the two defensive minded midfielders if you will with Jake Forster Kasky and Ahmed Kashi now uh, you know Joe did come in a couple of times in the number 10 role towards the end of, uh, of Carl Robinson's tenure particularly the MK Dons game away remember mm. it was pretty good um, but I think I don't know I feel, I feel like he's, he's suited better to the, the more defensive I, I remember at a time a, a couple of months ago I said I wonder if he could play that attacking midfielder a bit better but I don't know just with the legs he's got to get up and down the pitch as we saw on that counter attack uh, I, I just wonder if I was wrong on that one and if he does suit a bit better in a, in a more slightly defensive but then box to box midfield yeah, role uh, box to box is, is the term I'd use for him Yeah, and I think uh, we shouldn't really be too surprised because when he came in for I don't know how many appearances he made last season but it seemed like a lot he, he did well last season and okay he's added goals to his games now but he always looked a talent and for me, it just looks like, you're right, he was patient and he waited for his chance, but he's just gone up that, that extra level. And, and at that age, that, that does tend to happen. You know, they'll, he had a good season, now he's improved a little bit again. The question is, can he keep building on that for the next couple of years? If that's the case, he's going to go on to be another Joe Gomez, Adam Ola Lutman, John Joe Shelby, someone who then makes that big step up to the to the Premier League. But there's a long way to go from that. I mean, we know how Bowyer's compared him in, in his press conference. Patrick Vieira, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you could... You kind of understand what he's saying, and obviously he's not at that level yet, but the the way he gets around the pitch, the way he imposes his game on other players and can pick up the ball and just, just drive forwards. I mean, that goal, OK, there was no one between him and the keeper when he picked the ball up. He had loads to do there, and he managed to bring it down, and the finish was obviously brilliant. And, yeah, he's just a very, very exciting player to watch. And, and another one, yet again, that's come through our academy. And how many times do you mention the work that they do but uh, yeah it's just great to see him now taking his chance and, and scoring goals and just enjoying his football Amazing to see a player who's so good with the ball at his feet as well um, you know I, I've never seen anyone who can move the ball between their feet so quickly and if you look at the, the build up to our first goal up at Northampton uh, he, he was the one who sprayed the little pass out to um, to Lewis Page but some of his touches in that in that move is real like one touch passing here it comes give give and go that sort of stuff I mean some of his his quality on the ball really can't be uh, uh, you know uh, underestimated really and then and then you and then you see the fact that he can do it with his head and his chest and all that when he's going through to score against uh, against Rotherham on Monday as well yeah no exactly and <clears throat> I think he's uh, like you said his technique and his touch with both feet 
um, are very, very good. And I think that's why we, I think we all won the agreement when we say he's not suited to defensive. What when I say defensive, I say like a Jake Force to catch where mm, he just gets yeah, the ball yeah. and just sprays it. I don't think he's that he's that box to box because he's wasted. He's he's good with his feet. He can pick out a pass like Jake can, but I think he's got more, obviously more pace than Jace. But yeah, I mean he he's even though when he first came on the scene, I mean it was. Um, was it Bristol Rovers at home when he got, or was it Peterborough when he got the two, three assists in two games yeah, or something? Yeah, Bristol Rovers at home. Yeah, yeah. you could say, you could tell you could tell he had talent, or you could tell he had potential, but you knew he was still quite raw, and you knew he still needed a little bit more physicality to his game, um, just so because I felt in there's some games he did look really lightweight, but this year I think he's come on leaps and bounds, and I can only think it's because of the. You know the magician Lee, Lee Bogo, who's obviously talked that into him, who mm. took him and obviously JVC under his wing. And you forget how young he is. Like I say, he's only twenty-one. Mm. Um, and also, I think it's probably fair to say you forget that he only really started around Christmas a couple mm. of seasons ago. Mm. Now, when when I made a way to, uh, I don't know if it was his debut, but he certainly got an assist away to uh, Southend. It was one yeah. of his first or second game. And like I say those three assists he had uh, against Bristol Rovers. You forget how you know because it feels like he's been around for a little while now, but how raw he is. And as you say, he hasn't played too much this season now of course you know as we've said he's he, he did have to sit out and wait for Ahmed Kashi you know and for his chance to come and he, he did have a chance you know in, when Kashi or Jake's been out or when he was playing in a slightly more forward number 10 position uh, but now that Ahmed's been out for a while but is going to be back in contention for Saturday I'll be, I'll be surprised if he comes straight in but over the next few weeks I mean I think Lee will struggle to drop him I mean a, a, a midfielder who gets forward and score goals I'm sure Lee Bowyer thinks oh I can see, see a little bit of myself in that yeah I think you and we've said it for the past couple of weeks you don't change your winning formation unless you really have to so obviously Paige coming out for little Jada Silva um, because of him still improving his fitness and coming back from a long term injury but I mean unless you're going to change up the formation um, I, I don't see no reason to drop him um, just keep him going uh, like I said about the whole team keep riding that wave because at the moment we're we're just on a good run and yeah Cashy's class and he's been one of our best players of the season but He's got to fight for his place to come in. No one's got a God-given right to go mm. back in. You look at the goals. Okay, McGuinness has had his poor form over the season, but overall the goals he's got, he was Robinson's number one man. He can't get a place at the moment because Zyro's scoring goals. If Zyro drops off, McGuinness comes in. That's the competition for places we were hoping to get all through the season. And injuries kind of curtailed that. But now that's back, that's great because it's going to push Arebo on to perform. And he knows that if he starts to drop off, then Cashy's going to be waiting to come on. Right, so Joe Rebo did perform on Monday as he has done uh, recently, but obviously it's been a, a huge turnaround in form uh, for the team as a whole. So I asked him what all what, what he put that down to. Everyone's working for each other, like you, you can see out there that we're all hunting impacts. So from there, like it just makes everything easier with hard work. That's the main thing. You've got to win the battle first, then earn the right to play. And what about um, with Lee Bayer in particular? I mean, was he? What to you personally that you think he's added to you since he's became a manager? Um, well, even before he was a manager, like he used to always do one to ones with me, and that's still going on. So it's just like he always talks to me before games, like just to make sure I win my battle first and stay in the game, make sure I'm getting assist goals and making a box. So yeah. Because um, Carl said it a lot as well while, while he was here, like towards the end of last season and start of this season about. How Jake and you, he wanted you to get into the into the yeah. box to, to score goals. So is that you know, who is it that helped you? That's how you do that. Yeah, well, it was also Kyle as well as Lee Boyer. They were both working with me, and I always hear Lee Boyer on the side just shouting Joe box, and then it just makes me that switch on, and then I just make my way into the box. Well, 
obviously um, Edward Cashy has been out injured uh, for a while now and you've sort of taken your chance while it's come so yeah. um, is it a case of like if and when he comes back if, if he does come back I mean would you be worried about your place or do you think you've, you've, earned, you've earned your place um, to be honest I'm not really focusing on that but it's, it's healthy competition I mean you always want to have someone pushing you because it means that you've got to work harder so yeah it's just healthy competition obviously being in the top six today um, does that psychologically do you think that could be a bit of a blow for your rivals because obviously they were you know, they've been overtaken today a lot of them didn't play as well today yeah, so. um, yeah definitely because they'll be watching us and they'll be worried thinking yeah that child pushing so yeah people talk about the form team going into the playoffs and obviously over the last three three games now we've, we've turned into that team do you yeah. think you can if, how important it could be if you could keep this form up to the end of the season yeah I mean we've got to just take every game as it comes not look at the game ahead of that one so we just got to keep working hard winning if we can and yeah we'll see where we go from there Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Chip ball, looking for the runner, Fosu, who's onside, Fosu, edge of the penalty area, can he get a shot away? He can, and it's the opening goal! Tariq Fosu, sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season, and Charlton's first of the evening, and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium. So welcome back, this is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. The big match preview, going to look ahead to Saturday's game. Uh, over with Bristol Rovers uh, in a little while. Now, there's been a big news week, I guess, in terms of Lee Bayer himself. Now, we know he was here as the caretaker manager. Uh, but it's been uh, confirmed during the week that he's going to hold on well, He's going to hold on to that job for the rest of the season now, which is great for all of us who's got in there on that, that, uh, that bet that only needs to go 10 games, which is exactly the amount of games he'll do. Uh, which is good for me. Um, now, you know, given the job to the end of the season, I don't think anyone's completely shocked by that news after the start he's had, Tom. Uh, nah, it, they had to do it. Uh, it's the right decision. Like, I don't know who's made it in terms of whether it's new owners, whether it's current owners, whether mm. it's Richard Murray, whoever. It's just the right call. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's, it says it's, they've been it's, the, the club's 
are currently in takeover discussion with two separate parties and whilst it's not been finalised it's confirmed that one of the conditions of the sale which was agreed by both parties interested in purchasing mm. will be that Boyer is kept on so who actually makes that decision yeah you're right I'm not yeah. sure but either way it's the right call as we said if he goes on to lose a couple now what difference is that going to make in terms of why get someone else in just on the short term let him see through to the end of the season wherever we are and whatever's happened with the takeover then you can reassess everything because there's a lot of work for the new owners to do as we've spoken about in terms of contracts in terms of us building a new squad even short term as I'm sure we'll come on to in terms of season ticket prices there's a lot for them to do so just having a manager in place to carry us through that period just makes sense and as I say with the run he's on you can't argue with it anyway because he started so well Do you think you can uh, it will make any difference now that he's got a little bit more stability in his role? No, I don't think so. I think he'll still approach it the same as he probably would have done even if he was told behind the scenes that Saturday would be his last game. I don't, I don't think Bose is um, phased by it. He'll still demand the same from the players. He'll still say exactly what he wants and I think the players will carry it out because I think it already made, made clear to the players that if you don't pull your weight then you ain't getting a game. So... He's laid it. He's laid the cards out, and they all know the score. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I agree with Tom. Doesn't make no sense to change him. It just gives us that little bit of stability now, and gives the new owners, whoever they are, or when it happens, some focus elsewhere. Mm. Um, I mean, what, what do you make of the fact that both of the new owners have agreed that they they want this? And now it's just the wording of it is quite confusing. So, so what have they suggested it? And the club have agreed to it, or have the club suggested it and they've agreed to it? Because why would Roland care, for starters? But I mean, it, it seems it seems like a good idea. And the fact, I mean, you you like the fact that both parties have agreed to it because it doesn't mean they're going to bring in their own man to derail, you know, uh, the the little run we're on for the last couple of games. If that is the case, mm. to me, it seems like someone at the club has made the suggestion and, and they've agreed to it. As you say, I don't I don't know why Roland would, but at the same time, I don't know why they would be stipulating that so like keenly ahead of of the takeover I think the the one main thing it it says to us that and again when we come on to talk about the season tickets in a bit those two things say to me that the takeover is clearly happening and and is getting close because they're making decisions on managers Mm. or being involved in it they're being involved in decisions about pricing structures for next year and I mean we all know that the takeover seems to be happening anyway but there's been so many false dawns that I think we're all now a bit wary about predicting a date or anything like that but it's just those little things it's suddenly becoming a reality and it's not just talk of a takeover it's like oh actually they're having decisions in this club and that bodes well because it mm. means it's going to happen and we'll wait and see what the, t- uh, the season ticket prices are and that kind of thing but in terms of the first decision how, whatever involvement they've had I think it's the right one so that's off to a good start yeah. I would say well, we'll talk about the season tickets in a second but obviously Lee Boyer has been given the chance to manage the club until the end of the season now with Jacko staying as his assistant so he spoke to BBC Radio Kent's Tony Hudd earlier uh, who asked him uh, when did he find out I was told on today's Thursday so Tuesday I was told Tuesday and um, or late Tuesday but mainly Wednesday morning um, so yeah and I was obviously delighted and just thanked um, Rodon for trusting me to the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, I was delighted. Dare I say it brings stability to a club that has known too much turmoil. Sorry? Can I just say, uh, it brings stability to a club that has known too much turmoil. Yeah, well, for me, it's, it, it's a good opportunity to finish what I've started. So, um 
we've got seven games to go and we've got stability to the end of the season and uh, and that's good for everybody I think Does knowing you've got the job until the end of the season make your job any easier? It makes absolutely no difference whatsoever um, I've just got to keep winning games we have to keep winning games and uh, so no that's it that's, that's what my job is and, and I know that, everybody knows that, so uh, and, and that's what I'll be trying to do. Fez Lee Bailey talking about the fact that he is the man who'll be staying on. So he did sort of mention that Roland was the one who gave him the nod, mm. which again is interesting. I don't really understand why Roland's getting involved. I mean, I'm glad he has in this case because I'm, I'm enjoying the Lee Bowyer era thus far. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting. Now, as you sort of alluded to, um, Tom, uh, the you know, the club tweeted earlier about the season ticket update, because obviously, you know, you look around. I follow quite a lot of different clubs on Twitter. They're all they're all plugging season tickets now. Most clubs you can buy them for next year already, uh, and we'd certainly be that case. In, in that case, normally by now you'd be able to buy one. So they provided an update today saying uh, there's a delay in the launch of the season tickets due to the impending takeover. Uh, and they hope to give the potential new owners an opportunity to have their say on the prices, which would make sense. Um, and they said it is the intention to formally launch the season tickets for next year and place them on sale once the club has been taken over. However, should the takeover not be completed by Thursday, April the 12th, then season tickets will be launched on that day. Now, that's a week away. I find that weird. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, so in a way, they're sort of implying that it could, everything could be done in a week, but many people have implied that before and, <laughs> and, and been, been proven wrong and it, because it is difficult to, you know, to put a finger on this. And there is two parties still involved. You know the the rumours of the uh, you know East, East, Far Eastern or Arab or I don't know what the right one word is there, uh, and of course the Australians. Um, you know they may be involved in some sort of bidding war. Roland playing a little bit against to see who can get the most out of, which is what you'd expect, I guess. Um, so, but the fact they're saying that I could easily, if it's not within a week, I mean it's it's very um, specific. So it's surely to put that out, they must be saying. We think there's a half decent chance it will happen yeah. within the week. I mean, otherwise, why not just do it today? Yeah, I, re- I reckon there's, that it's either really close, or they've learnt from past mistakes mm-hmm. where they've come. Well, where maybe like Richard Murray's come out and said it'd be done by February, and then yeah. they're just. Covering well, he, he even said in the Bowyer stuff, saying like you can't, you, yeah. he's not going to put a date on it because uh, as as we've seen, these things can take longer yeah. than expected. I think by a miracle, I think the, the season tickets will be released on the twelfth. Personally, I can't surely. And let, to have that, that specific date as well, mm. either it's really close or they've just said, well, we've got to draw the line yeah. somewhere. I think they'll have drawn a pricing structure already that they were going to implement before all the takeover stuff happened. Maybe they're going to run that past the new owners in the same way that presumably this has been done with Boya um, and let them have their say. But yeah, I'd be very surprised if the full takeover happens by them. But if it does, then brilliant. Mm. Uh, and in terms of season, I mean, it's quite a difficult one to, to put your finger on, really. But I mean, obviously. I think season ticket prices generally have been, you know, there's always been a cheap option here over the last few years, which I've always found good. I think normal seats like up in up in the West End perhaps have gone up for, for, for some people, which isn't great. But you're hoping that when whoever decides the new prices, you, you'd hope they stick with the ethos that they should be affordable for everyone. Yeah, I think, I, don't, I mean, I, I think Rick's talked about it before. I mean, our current uh, pricing structure, hey, it doesn't really make sense in terms that you could pay a cheap one and then you can move to or within the same stand yeah, yeah. I ju- it doesn't make sense and Rick also said that it doesn't help in terms of our revenue stream either it's not really well priced but I think yeah we should keep it in, in line um, obviously to make it affordable I don't think they should go up 
Uh, you know, but um, especially the certain ones where you're paying £600, which I'd never pay. But, um, yeah, no, I think I think that's that's the main thing. But, again, it all comes down to the strategy of these new owners, what they're going to do, because they could come mm. in and charge on arm and leg. And we don't still don't know where we'll be next season. Yeah. I'm not saying that they should go up just because we go up, if that was the case, but I'm sure they'll take that into account as well. Mm. Stuff. Right, so it's fairly interesting news that came out of the club today. Uh, season ticket announcement on hold until the takeover happens or in seven days, whatever <laughs> one comes sooner. <laughs> right, uh, let's look ahead. Big game up at the gas on, uh, uh, on, on Saturday. The clash with the gas is coming up. I spoke to Jack Vittles, who covers the gas for the Bristol Post, to find out what he can tell us about Bristol Rovers. Joined now on Charlton Live by Jack Vittles from the, the Bristol Post. Good evening, Jack. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, excellent. Right, obviously uh, you cover uh, Bristol Rovers and Chantwin are heading over to the Mem uh, on Saturday to, to take them on. I mean, Bristol Rovers sat in 10th now, just seven points outside the playoffs. I mean, is their season as good as over now or have they still got that outside chance of getting into that top six, do you think? I think after Monday they lost 2-0 up at Fleetwood. I think that's probably it. Uh, the manager came out as well after the game and said, you know, he's sort of given up hope on the playoffs this season. Like you say, seven points off the top six, 36 games to go. I think it's, yeah, realistically, they are well out of the race now. So, a little bit of a shame, but it did keep us entertained at least for a bit, <laughs> which isn't too bad. Obviously, not as entertaining as it'll be for Charlton. Yeah, I mean, how, how has the season been in general for Bristol Rovers? Uh, inconsistent is, is how I would say. So, a little bit frustrating. They started okay. Um, had a really terrible run in October, November. Where they won, I think they won one or two out of 13 in all competitions. Um, and it looked like they might have been dragged into a relegation fight before Christmas. But since then, and since selling their best player, Billy Bowden, weirdly, um, they've actually progressed really nicely in 2018, looked pretty good, moved up the table. And yeah, until the Easter weekend, they were sort of just on the edge with a shout of the playoffs. So inconsistent and a little bit frustrating, I think. Mm. If they could have picked up five or six more points in that autumn period, they'd be you know, right up in there. Mm. And uh, there's a bit of a controversial moment on on uh, against Fleetwood on Easter Monday as well, of Chris Lyons being sent off. For, was, it, was it for back-chatting the referee? Yeah, absolutely. So he picked up yeah, two yellow cards, both for descent, within about 90 seconds, two minutes of each other. Really bizarre. He sort of sprinted 50 yards across the pitch to yell at the referee, got his first yellow, and then a few seconds later, referee stops the game. Looked like he calmed it down, but as Lyons walked away, he must have said something. Um, he gets a second yellow, and uh, speaking to Daryl Clark after the match as well, he said that they're going to discipline lines internally as well. He can't be having that, and um, it was just a bit surprising. Really. He's one of the senior players, so not not a, a great afternoon for Rovers up there. Yeah, I mean, you talk about one of the senior players there, but I think I, I read one of your stories about how Clark may maybe looking to bring in sort of younger players for the rest of the season now. I mean, do you think that there's a chance that they might start on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think a lot of it isn't through choice as well at the moment. They're missing, well, probably eight or nine players by my count, injuries and line suspension. So they haven't got a huge amount of players to pick from. So I'd imagine we'll see a couple of youngsters on the bench, if not one or two starting. So with the playoffs not really to play for now, I suppose the last six games are now maybe a chance to experiment a bit, use a few of the youngsters, but they've got some ridiculously hard games. Obviously yeah. starting with Charleston, but they've got Wigan and Blackburn as well. Yeah. And uh, so, so tell us about Daryl Clark. I mean, obviously, he's, he's been in charge since uh, March 2014, and he came in uh, unable to rescue Bristol Rovers from the drop down to down to the National League that season. But since then, he's had uh, 
two promotions in a row and a pretty respectable 10th place finish last year. So I imagine he must be pretty popular amongst the, the gas supporters. Oh, very, very popular. I, I, I struggle to think of a more secure manager, certainly in League One. He's been there, yeah, just over four years now. Um, and that bad run I was mentioning before Christmas, you know, that would that would do for a lot of managers, wouldn't it? They'd be they'd be walking out or they'd be sacked. So it shows how strong that bond is with Clark and the fans. It wasn't even mentioned before Christmas that his position might be under threat. He's yeah, absolutely revered at the club, um, and they're very keen to keep hold of him. Like you say, two promotions. Two looks like top ten finishes now on what is a, a pretty measly budget by League One standards. So no, he's very popular with the fans. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, at, at the start of this season, what were the fans hoping for as a sort of like a realistic aim? I think realistically, another top ten finish would would be seen as a success. I think at the start of the season, the players and the management came out and said, you know, what they need to say, which is top six would be a success. Um, but you know, for a club that was less than four years ago being relegated out of the Football League to have back-to-back top 10 finishes I think would be you know, a great success yeah. and uh, so moving forward to Saturday I mean we, we should the, the Bristol Rovers players uh, the, the Charlton fans who are travelling down to to the Mem should be looking out for uh, yeah there's quite a few like, injured but the ones, the ones that are still standing I think Ellis Harrison up front is having a, a, probably his best season in a Rovers shirt he's scored a few goals this season I think he's got 14 in all competitions he's been in decent form, big, strong, powerful striker. Um, and then oh, I would say perhaps, well, they're all injured. I was going to say some of the players are all injured. But yeah, Harrison and perhaps Don Telford as well, the loney, another striker, if he gets to go on Saturday, which I think he might do actually. Maybe a, a rare start for him. He's on loan from Stoke, he's quick, he's nippy, um, and he's got a touch of the Matty Taylor about him. So mm. high hopes for him, I think. Yeah. And uh, just to put you on the spot then, I guess a, a prediction for, for Saturday, because obviously Charlton have had. Uh, quite a happy time against Bristol Rovers over the last few years, especially last season when when I think it was is five one at the Mem and four one at the Valley, and uh, obviously Charlton won on the first day of this season as well. So Bristol Rovers out there for a little bit of revenge now. Yeah, I think so. And that, that game does still niggle. I think with with certainly with Daryl Clark, there was sort of phantom goal in that game, and he's he's brought up a few times since as an example of decisions not going for them this season. But yeah, I think it'll be it should be a good game. I think Rovers will be out for revenge um, with the players missing maybe and now the players are out of reach whether motivation will be an issue I'm not so sure but I know Charlton obviously bang in form so I think it should be an entertaining game I, I expect some goals as well Rovers do tend to score but they're a little bit leaky as well so it should be an entertaining one Hopefully it will be an entertaining game thanks to Jack uh, Vigil's there from the, from the Bristol Post interesting really that he um you know, Daryl Clark's effectively come out and said after they lost up at uh, Fleetwood on on Monday that he, he I think he's effectively written off their playoff chances. Now. I think it was seven points there. They're behind us, yeah. um, and because of a because of that and b but also sort of out of necessity, they're going to start bedding in some young players, which you, oft- you do often see at the end of season. Not normally this far from the end, normally the last couple of games, but. I don't know, that sort of leaves it open for us a little bit of a chance there. Uh, you know, a, a team that's maybe... I mean, you can look at it two ways. If they have now given up on playoffs, are either going to play with no pressure and play with freedom, or they'll be on the beach? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and also when you're playing youngsters, is if they've been given the licence to express themselves, like you say, they're going to play without fear. So I don't think... I wouldn't take it lightly, and I wouldn't think, oh, yeah, we're going to win now, because, like you say... They can do what they can try new things. Yeah, we might beat them. I think it is a bit of a tall order for them to catch us now because it will mean all of us. Are well, if, if they beat us, there'll be four points behind. But no, I mean, but then uh, even after that, even everyone above us, we'll have to go into yeah. a, like a weird sort of everyone losing every week. Which, yeah, that's true. 
But um, yeah, I mean, you can do it, but yeah, it's a bit weird going early. But plus, you do get more money the higher you finish. I know it's only probably a couple of thousand, but it could be worth a lot of money to them. Mm. But each to their own. I'll be happy if they play the goalie up front and a striker and goal. I'll settle for that. <laughs> Well, we've been playing a goalie up front all week. He's been a goalkeeper, didn't he? Um, I mean, do, do you think with the the, the fact that Darren Clark also seems a bit wound up still by the fact that on the opening day of the season we scored him with a goal that never actually went over the line, he'd, he'd be out for a little bit of revenge, especially after we humiliated them twice last season. Yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, they've got a got to say something let's say they have written off playoffs they've got to have some motive to go into the game and, and do something so so they'll be looking for any little angle like that um, I've just been looking at their form actually and their last nine they've won, f- won three drawn three and lost three um, yeah. and they've been in so it's been win lose draw win draw lose draw win lose so it's not even been like any yeah. two results the same you know back to back so they're very kind of all over the place if you like Jekyll and um, I, yeah so you you don't really know what you're going to get from them but mm. but we do know what we're going to get from us you know we're going to get all that work ethic we're going to get fast attacking football hopefully and if we can start quick again then again it's a team that that we uh, the form we're on we should just put away um, mm. but as I say it, it depends how they come out it depends who they choose to play and, w- and what their message is in terms of going into the game so it's going to be an interesting one but again I don't think we've got anything to fear we've just got to, got to keep that confidence going It's amazing to think that a club like Bristol Rovers were in the, were in the conference a couple mm-hmm. of years ago I remember they had a proper proper riot on the pitch when they got down they've had successive uh, promotions since then that took them back into League 1 finished 10th uh, last season I think they'll be happy as, as Jack said there with a, another 10th place finish this campaign right so uh, let's have a look uh, ahead from a charm point of view obviously we want to get the injury updates particularly on uh, Tariq Fossu uh, from Lee Bowyer so uh, he was asked uh, about that as he looks ahead to Saturday's game Looking ahead to Saturday Bristol Rovers always formidable at home have you got any players back from injury at all? Um, Kashi Kashi's back available now um, obviously we've lost Tariq He's he's out. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks, but um, yeah, Cashy's a a big player for us. So to have him back in the squad is um, is a big plus. What's wrong with Tariq? Because he came off against Rotherham, didn't he? Yeah, I won't get too technical, but he's got a bad groin, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, hopefully maybe quicker. Lee Bogie, thank you very much. Lee, is it the same groin that he injured earlier in the season? Um. Uh, that yeah, that was just fire. This completely different injury. So um, yeah, it's just one of them things. Unfortunately, yeah. like you, you pick up them type of injuries, and I think the pitch against um, Northampton was a heavy pitch, and and then the, on on Saturday, then the um, on Monday, sorry, then the um, just just tweaked it a bit. So um, it is what it is. Yeah. I think. Um, <coughs> Sally come on he done done a great job so uh, when one person goes out it opens the door <coughs> for somebody else on Saturday Bristol Rovers and they lost a fever on Monday and I think their manager afterwards said um, he, he's ruled them out of the playoffs now and do, you, do you still see them as a threat there seven, seven points behind as a promotion rival um, to be honest I'm not really going to concentrate on what's going on behind my main focus is is us and who we can catch and, and how high up the league we can get. That's the most important thing for me. Because like I said, we're, we're in sixth place and now it's in our hands. And um, the club's in a, in a good position at the moment and, and everybody seems to be happy. And like I said earlier, we, we just want to maintain that and um, 
keep everything positive around the place. Was he one point from um, fifth place to ninth place? He didn't know the promotion risk to be this time player for us. No, no, not known it before, but this league is very competitive and, and there's a, a lot of good teams in this division. So um, I'm, I'm sure it'll go right to the end. But that's why we just need to keep carrying on winning games and putting ourselves out of touch before then. You see a lot of twists and turns to come before the Yeah, yeah, of course. It's football. <laughs> Who would have predicted that Liverpool would have beat Man City 3 0 last mm. night? Nobody. But it happens and you just can't predict football and um I'm sure that what we do on a training pitch and and on the games then uh, we'll obviously decide what where we finish. So it's Lee Bowyer looking ahead to the clash with the gas on Saturday. Um so interesting team news. I guess that a few little questions have come out of it now. So we heard that Tariq Fossu is supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. Um, which is a shame, but I mean, uh, Lee saying he, Kai Kai came on very impressed with him, and he said after the game on Monday, this was a chance now for him to sort of stake a claim. Um, so, do you think that's the logical spot we're going to see, or do you think Marshall might get a chance? I mean, is straightforward that one or not? Don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? But um, he does talk about Kai Kai a lot, so you'd assume he'd leave. Yeah, that one. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think will he bring Cash in again and put him deeper? I, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, you'd imagine Kai Kai because he played quite central when he came on, didn't he? But I don't think he just should change the front to it. I think that should stay. Mm. I think Josh will have to spend some time there. It'd be interesting what he does about left back. Yeah, that's a, the um, next one I have as, as a question. But Tom, I mean, in your view on the Kai Kai situation, Kai Kai and Marshall? Uh, I'd play Marshall. Yeah? Um, yeah, I, I just prefer him, um, which has come a long way from, from the start of the season. But yeah, Kai Kai... The, the Palace thing itself doesn't bother me a huge amount but I just okay he was better the last couple of games but for me Marshall's more reliable um, mm. he offers that defensive cover which again perhaps away from home we might need a little bit more but yeah I'd start him uh, aside from that I agree with Nath I think the front two should remain the same and, and where possible keep other players yeah, and, then, and then we get on to the left back situation mm. though so obviously Lewis Page was uh, rested on Monday because of the, you know he can't do that many minutes I think was the decision he wasn't dropped as such he was rested uh, and little Jay De Silva comes in, but I mean, how would you go? Do you go with little Jay De Silva, or do you go with Lewis Page? I think he'll put. I think he'll leave Jay. In. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I think he'll. I, don't, I think Lewis Page has done anything wrong, but I think I don't know. The only I, thing I, I might be... think is that with Page coming back to fitness and with Jay presumably going back in the summer, now's a chance to start bedding Page in ahead of next season. But he's yeah. not going to want to overdo it because of the injury. So maybe he's going to switch him up a little bit and rotate him over the next few weeks, but. And obviously we've got two Tuesday games coming up as well, so I expect we'll see them both over the next few games, but I would keep Jay in. Yeah, Mark Newbury's got involved, he says, momentum is an amazing thing and it can see us charge into the team sitting above us and they will be nervous now and even losing Fosu early didn't seem to throw us uh, out of our rhythm. There's uh, not a weak link by the looks of it. Players coming in are looking assured and now it's a headache for Bowyer, a good one uh, over some positions. Best example being little Jody Silva or Page for left back. Fort JFC uh, was the man of the match on Monday due to his non-stop running and battling and he's got... Uh, aside, we need uh, one which might get a bit dirty and horrible if needed. Not afraid to stand up to bigger guys and just needs to learn a little bit of subtlety. I uh, hope we can drive on for the away fixtures and great support and some payback uh, over the results we've suffered. Uh, that's from Mark Newbury. Cheers for that, Mark. Right, so I mean, so in terms of a, 
a preview, a prediction even, Nath? Which way? I mean, Cashy back first. Obviously, we're still reeling from the fast yeah. away for that. The, the fact we oh, won. Yeah. Uh, we won one once. Yeah, I think I, I reckon we're gonna. I reckon we're gonna win two 0 and I reckon a Jose's gonna get both. Yeah, so I, that, I think a Jose's gonna score. Yeah, so you so you're gonna get some sort of cashy back out of that as well. Yeah, yeah, I might try yeah. to do something like that. Two 0 with Jose. Yeah, nice one, like. and uh, uh, that'll be for the upbeats. I'm gonna mention the upbeats walking in a second. So Tom, just quickly your your prediction uh, for the score. I was gonna say two as well, so I'll go four 0 yeah, lovely. <laughs> Next double logical it. step, isn't it? Just yeah. double it. So now Lou's going to double it. Lou's going to go 8-0. I'm going to go... Well, I'm not going to double it. That's ridiculous. I'm going to go 12-0. <laughs> right. Um, uh, as we mentioned, uh, uh, any money we do win uh, on the cashy back bets, which is once, but you know, it's a substantial amount once we all added into it, uh, goes towards the upbeats. And now next Saturday is uh, the best uh, day, I guess, in the upbeats calendar as, as, as in terms of fan inclusion because uh, it's the upbeats walk 2018. That's next Saturday uh, ahead of the game against Scunthorpe. Uh, so don't forget you can still sign up for that if you head over to the uh, the Trust website it starts at 8am uh, on Saturday the 14th of April over at the training ground you walk to the valley uh, it costs £10 to enter and you, you can don't you can try and get some sponsorship as well if you want to now I am planning on signing up to that uh, so I'm going to do that before I go home this evening but you two are already signed up aren't you yeah, we'll so be there yeah. we'll be there so uh, but it's a great occasion uh, chance to meet I'm sure there'll be some former players there of course uh, chance to meet Tom and Nathan if you want to um, as well <laughs> and of course a chance to meet the upbeats and then you'll get here early I think you'll get fed and then you'll get to watch the upbeats play on the pitch which uh, I mean that'll be a win that'll yeah. be a, whoever it well, is they're playing they smashed, they smashed yeah. that end last year yeah. what, they yeah. like 12-0 or something yeah. like that, yeah. whoever it is they're playing they will be winning so yeah. come and watch that uh, right so we've just about run out of time actually on uh, this week's bigger match preview don't forget we'll be back here on Sunday evenings uh, 7 o'clock on Maritime Radio to discuss uh, whatever happens uh, over at Bristol Rovers on Saturday we'll also be then following up on Monday evening Love Sport Radio it'll be myself and Nathan uh, with Alex Devanovich as we look back at the game there'll be a phone in show as well so make sure you join mm. in uh, Ahmed from Dartford yeah, to go phone on, in, and I want some others to phone in as well right Tom and Nathan thanks for joining us cheers, cheers Saturday. I've been Louis Mendes this has been the Big Match Preview hope you've enjoyed it thanks for getting involved uh, let's hope that Lee Bowyer can turn 3 out of 3 into 4 out of 4 and cement our place in that top 6 thanks for listening oh. I'll see you later <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.